So you didn't see Top Gun, Andrew, yet? No, no, I didn't. Um, Why not? It's sort of this nostalgia for the 80s thing that's going on, right? It's, it's with Stranger, what's it called? Stranger Things? Right. On Netflix? True. Yes. It's this massive nostalgia for the 80s. And I think the 80s were the worst fucking period of... Creatively. Creatively ever. It's like, well, not all, all of it was bad, but... Oh, well, you had, was, you had craft work, no? Yes, craft work, exactly. Yes. And uh, David Bowie? Yeah, well, David, no, David Bowie was the 70s. I, 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 he came out. And in, you had David Lynch, actually. David Bowie peaked in the maybe seven, late 70s, early 80s, sure. Yeah. I, I think late 70s, early 80s was pretty good. But um, after the uh, Apple computer came in, everything, you know, went a little bad. So uh, yesterday, you know, I watched, a, I watched a movie with a girl and she didn't know David Lynch also. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and she couldn't, you know, understand because we were watching like Kill Bill and she had no understanding what's going on. And then I was like, okay, so let's try David Lynch. And I showed her some scenes like from one scene from Firewalk with me, mm -hmm. you know, the post Twin Peaks movie, yes. which is, uh, you know, one of his best movies, I think. Which is it is utterly frightening and she doesn't get postmodern nihilism or or just no surreal, no and then, surrealistic nihilism or, or yeah whatever. no 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 and and then I showed her you know the dinner the the party scene from Lost Highway you know where the mystery man talks to Bill Pullman and says you know I'm in your house right now mm -hmm. and Bill Pullman says what do you mean and then the mystery man says well call me and so you know he's the devil of some kind. And just these two scenes, you know, one from Firewalk with me where David Bowie comes in and the other one, you know, from Lost Highway, she was so afraid. You know, she said, I can't watch it. I can't, I can't sleep tonight. And she didn't have any context. Oh, I understand that. Yeah. She didn't have they're, any they're context. Scary. Yeah, they're... any context. And, and uh -huh. it was like, you know, the, the kind of the sound, uh, you know, and, and the kind of the cuts and you know it's just like I, for me personally it's also very frightening david lynch but oh yeah know. he's scared i mean i i, I found uh what was that lesbian romance one um, uh, mulholland drive uh, that that scared the shit out of me i was that 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 gave me shivers in my body uh, right that's what he does david lynch yeah so i think he is genuinely scary you know Yeah, well, As opposed he... to, let's say, Stranger Things, which has all this. I was watching Stranger Things last night. Yeah. And um, there's monsters in it, but it's all kitsch, right? Right. It's, it's very playful kitsch, basically. So, so it's not really scary. No. It's more like a reference to what could be scary. Right. Whereas David Lynch sort of creates an atmosphere of, of, of paranoia and fear. And, you know, like well, you, really, you really are in a, in a, in a, in a dream. Yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a polo, up polar opposites. No, you have like the, you yeah. know, the polished 80s version, uh, now the version now of the 80s and a little bit of the 80s and the, themselves that are like super polished. You have the first Top Gun, which is like, you know, um, was a new kind of action movie. And then yeah. you have like with 87, 88, you, you, you have like David Lynch coming in. And it's like, yeah. even, I don't know if you have seen the, you know, the second, The second season of Twin Peaks, which debuted like three years ago, I guess, four years ago. Yeah, I didn't have the I didn't have the attention oh, to I, go through it. It was like the I couldn't do it, but but I I got I got that it was something interesting, but I I couldn't I couldn't go there. It was like you know I I I think David Lynch is the only filmmaker who scares the shit out of me. Actually, Lars von Trier's films terrify me somewhat. Yeah, uh, I find them very scary. Right. Breaking the waves, even the ones that aren't so obviously scary. Yeah, um, I find them psychologically disturbing. Yeah, of course. Very, you... very, very much so. Whereas, because because they're actually they they don't. It's like he's using a different kind of film than everybody else. So you really enter into his world, right? Yeah, right, right, right. You're not. You're not. You're not. He's not using tropes or or cliches or truisms or or. Um, so you enter into this this other world. Right. I think the great, that's what great filmmakers do. Uh, the rest of the good filmmakers, like, you know, the guy who, the film Dune is a good film. Right. 
but it's not it's not a great piece of art like you could distinguish those two things i like good films that are not great pieces no you of have art. of course you have you have lynch you have last on trio you have gaspar noir yeah gaspar noir is fucking amazing have you seen his movies which what, who's that no well that's the guy who made like the french uh uh director who did like Ir irreversible and vortex and love and yeah oh right yeah and, he's, really, he's, he's he's top quality as well yeah sure Mm -hmm. And so that's for me. That's adult cinema. Yes, know? of course. Yes. Um, and then I see, and then I see, you know, the, the, the new Star Wars thing and and Obi Wan Kenobi. And it's just like that's like for children, basically. Yeah, it's know? for babies. Yeah. And most, most of yeah, most of that stuff is for babies. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and then you have again to to come to to the point of all of. Then you have Tom Cruise and the new Top Gun movie. Okay, so what was so damn great about that? <laughs> no, because it's like he, he kind of defies, you know, everything. Because it's like that that movie shouldn't exist in a kind of you know in our world, but it does. And it's you mean so it, it's a sort of anachronistic? It doesn't belong with the the time or the moment or or, or something. No, it's unapologetically unap you know masculine. And okay. he's, he's not doing the thing. The movie does not the thing where he appears as the elder who passes the torch to the young cocky fighter pilots. But the basic premise is, no, I'm still better than you. Right. And so then he's, you know, he he's like he's still the top dog. Right? Okay. okay. And okay. and which is kind of funny because he's approaching six. So years. it's the opposite of the Star Wars thing where where Luke Skywalker sort of like. Is, is 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 like put out to pasture right exactly and so you have like no identity politics in there okay. it's just it's, it's a straight male hero fantasy basically uh -huh. and on top of it it's like it's there's i don't know there's barely any cgi in it so it's, it's all dick and no pussy is what you're saying yeah yeah it's like it's, it's still kind of gay you know <laughs> oh, right it's it's gay too yeah but that's all they could know pussy is gay as well isn't it i mean there's like a token in fact that could you could say that is the definition of gay all dick and no pussy yeah no no there's a token sex scene in there you know uh -huh. with him and jennifer connelly but this is so clean there's no there are no juices in there yeah. um but of course you have the abs you know the abs uh, <laughs> okay so it's homoerotic yeah sure no, I understand way. why you like it now, Tom. Why you love this? No, so no, 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 no. It's like what it's, Tarantino it's appealing said. Appealing to your first, gay side. What What Tarantino said that that was that the first Top Gun movie was the only the first, to, uh, you know, action movie that introduced homosexuality in this kind of polished, kind of way. You know, when you. But it wasn't that. overt homosexuality, was it? Yeah, well, it was like if you think of of the locker scenes of the first one, where they're all you know basically naked, just with a towel, like dangerously hang, hanging on their hips and you know and i know but there was never it was never overt it was not, not like a gay film no no there's no ass way. fucking involved there there was no ass fucking <laughs> is what i'm trying to say so so it's like just, it just it, it it doesn't say it's gay but it is gay no but in, in the in the in, in the interpretation of tarantino it's like maverick is the guy on the edge man he's not sure about his sexuality you know that's his character oh right Okay. And so and so he has like this thing with Kelly McGillis, but he's not kind of interested. And then Kelly McGillis kind of transforms into this tomboy, right? And then he's interested. And then Iceman comes in, you know, the Iceman. And mm. and and so you know. I don't like. I don't know this moment of pop culture, Tom. I, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I can't revel in it with you. Oh well, um, any anyhow. But the the point I'm trying to make here is that, you know, in the in the new. You know, because I'm I'm rereading uh, uh, Nassim Taleb's Skin in the Game. Yeah. And so what the movie, what's so interesting about the movie is that uh, that is our fascination with somebody who clearly has skin in the game because, you know, Tom Cruise not only makes like these movies where he kind of lures people into the cinema, but you can see that all these, these flight scenes, you know, he does that thing he's he's not only like an actor he's a stuntman he's a proper stuntman from you know the old cloth you know that you know the the circus attraction you know so you know the the guy who balances on the on the tightrope and everybody is excited to see if he will make it to the other side or if he will fall oh, and okay. so you feel and you feel that in the movie and that's 
you know, all these kinds of elements, you know, the masculinity, the being unapologetically masculine, and then he's still the top dog. And then you have like the, the, the stunned aspect of it. And that's so if he's still the top dog, that means that Nietzsche was wrong, that God is not dead. Well, at least in cinema terms. And that's and that's what's happening in the cinema is 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 it's a counter a, a movement to woke, right? Right. The, God is here's God, but here's God again. Hey guys, right? The top dog is here again, right? And you know what's you know and and looking at that and you know we were talking always about you know in the last podcast about Johnny Depp and and you know the mm. the, the, the the Hollywood system. But the point is, if you compare um, Tom Cruise to his contemporaries, you know, let's say Johnny Depp and and even Brad Pitt, you know, as like what did they do with their lives? You know, and and you know, it's like. The, you mean they the, got why they're sort of washed up. Yeah, like to, they're Tom, a bit washed up. Yeah, no, but the point that I'm trying to make is, Tom Cruise in the last thirty years, he he learned, you know, to drive every car possible, to fly every plane possible. You know, he did all these stunts. He's like a, based. You you know all this stuff that he does. I think it's the Scientology. I think Tom, maybe you should consider joining Scientology. If you want to be like Tom Cruise, no, I don't want to be like Tom Cruise. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm, just I'm, I'm just, no, no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm just joking. I'm, I'm just, you know. Well, I'm saying to... that as a kind of a joke, but but I'm also saying it's half serious. Is that is that is that even though you know you know Scientology is is ridiculous, it does it. It's kind of like he has this motivational structure. Yeah, he has this religious motivational structure which keeps him kind of, uh, you know, doing the practices. Whereas the other guys, they kind of like, they have a brilliant youth, right? Yeah. And then they burn out. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, but the question... So I think, I think that's the thing. I mean, it goes along with what I'm saying about, about God coming back. It's like God is dead and then here's, uh, you know, here's God again. Um, so yeah, well, in, other, in other words, like, okay, the, the collapse of religion, the collapse of everything, collapse of postmodernism, the collapse of identity, blah, 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 boom, here's identity again. Here's right. religion again. Here's, here's Tom Cruise and his, you know... And his phallic machine. Oh, well, again. yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, because, you know, I don't know if he has the motivation because, you know, he joined uh, 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 Scientology or if it's the other way around that he joined Scientology because he has, you know, the motivation, you know? Well, I think you need something like that to have a... I, th I think you need something like that. Otherwise, you kind of... You remain Peter Pan. Like probably Johnny Depp's issue... Is that he never he kind of he wants to be uh, the pirate of in, forever the the Peter Pan right with the lost boys smoking pot, you know with his 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 lost boys you know, you know even at, even as he's approaching sixty yeah, uh, so uh, and 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 with the hot young babes and and all that it's like he's not going through the he's not going through uh, uh, the, he doesn't go through the initiation into adulthood right. Which a religion provides, for example, could be something else, but you know, doesn't no, have to be. No, yeah, no. I you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but I think like Tom. I don't. I I really don't think that Tom Cruise. You know, he's the same like from 40 years ago. I yeah, but he. Like, I mean, that's what I mean. He's preserving something because he has the ritual that allows him to preserve whatever uh, phallic chutzpah he he has. Yeah. Whereas the guys without the ritual. Um, they they end up kind of caricatures of themselves because they don't have the ritual, they don't have the liturgy, they don't have the they don't have the the communi community, they don't have any of that. They ju they're just they're just a lonely star in washed up in, in their you know in, in mansion in in, in California you know in California or Australia. Like I'm in part of the scene with Johnny and Amber was Johnny. There was like 16 rooms in his big house, and he was hiding in every room. Oh well, yeah, mm. <laughs> you know. So okay, so this is the loss. He's he's lost. He even admit that he was lost. Maybe he's gone through a, a new transformation. Who knows? But but I think I don't know. I, but I probably Tom Tom Cruise. Even if so, I, you know. Even if that's bad, you know. In a way, I'm not saying Scientology. I'm not promoting Scientology for for sure. But 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 I but I am sort of pointing towards the need of. Of that kind of, um, let's say, communal structure. I mean, you you know, you don't know about you know the kind of communal structure there is. Maybe he gets like a daily truckload of bikini-clad Norwegian girls that keep his libido up. You know, you don't know what what is uh, happening there. You know, I don't know. That's true. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, but you think that's that's what's going to keep the libido up <laughs> into know. your seventies? Maybe that works for you, Tom. But <laughs> no, maybe it know. is. I don't know for some people because because no, well, you know, you have to go through this like you have to go through this rites of passage and and death rebirth, uh, you know, to get into adulthood. It's like I w- I've been reading about the tarot and, and the hanged man in the tarot, right? Yeah, he's hanged upside down. But he has a halo on his head and his feet are in the air. Right. So it's like he's going through the death ritual. Right. Uh, uh, and that's why he has a halo, because he's 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 uh, um, you know he's moving to the next stage, the death and rebirth. Right. Whereas whereas I I don't think these guys in Hollywood they just become isolated in their own um, narcissistic fantasy world and 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 um, have no and have everything they want in terms of, but don't have that kind of. Um, Let's say serious. Yeah, I mean, like I, I would think like, that the Sadna. people like, like like Anthony Hopkins and Sean Connery and you know what's the uh, Sam Sam what was the the, the poet that died um, Sam Shepard Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those people went through some, you know, uh, indiv- mm. uh, like an individuation process. I would think, you know, if you yeah, just definitely. look at, you know, yeah. especially Sam Shepard, you know, that was a. Well, he's a playwright. I mean, he always was very grounded in in, uh, in the arts, and, and he was always yeah. a po- poet as well. Right? Yeah, that's why I think Johnny Depp. He he has this potential to have have been kind of a great artist. Right. That's what I feel about him. But he was stuck in in this Disney World universe again, like Peter Pan. Right. Like he's the per Atteris, which is you know the golden boy that gets stuck. Um, with the Lost Boys in, in, uh, in Never Neverland or something. So, what's um, your interest with, with the tarot nowadays? Because you're you know you're coming basically from Buddhism and tantra. Uh, well, because I'm I, I'm I'm I you know I, I've studied Eastern symbolism for a long time, especially Vajrayana symbolism, and, and Vajrayana is a symbolic presentation of 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 um, let's say of, of of truth or what I would call you know Dharma. So it's a symbol. It's very symbolic. It's very transrational, um, and it works a lot with you know images and and um, and, uh, and and so 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 I studied that for a long time, and now I want to understand what the symbolism and, and the images and, and are in the Western tradition. So so um, so I picked up this book called, uh, which is a it's a famous book by this un- actually anonymous writer who people actually know who he was. He wrote he wrote this book in 1910. It's this big fat book called um, called the Tarot and Christian Hermeticism, and it goes through all the major. Uh, um, they're called um, Arcana. There's 22 of them, and they're kind of archetypes. And, and he writes about that right from, from different points of points of view, from the occultic point of view, from the you know from the mystical point of view. From and the, so I you know I I, I I really get off on that stuff. So so I've never I'm not, I've never touched a tarot deck in my life. Um, until, until recently, um, but I'm, I'm finding it very, a very, very interesting. And I'm like, you know, the album, you know, Led Zeppelin, they have the hermit on the cover of the album. Oh yeah. You know, why do they have the, this, why do they have the hermit on, you know, why, what is the hermit represent? Why is he on the cover? Well, of the they, they, they were all like into, into, into occultism, no? In, yes. in the sixties and so like you have like Alistair Crowley on the cover of, uh, of Sgt. Pepper has the, um, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band from the Beatles. Yeah, but why? Why did Jimmy Page identify with the hermit in the uh, in the in the tarot deck? Um, and uh, because the and and so I said because the hermit is like the opposite of Zeppelin is like Zeppelin is like this dark, heavy music, right? Um, kind of a cult, and that and and in this hedonistic lifestyle, and then the hermit's almost the polar opposite of that. Right. He's, he's the guy, the lonely guy on the mountain with the, he has a pentagram and he's carrying a, a light, a lantern with, with a pentacle in it, which is a star inside of a circle. And he carries that around. And, and he, so he's, he's the, he's the kind of crazy wisdom, the fully realized master uh, um, who's on this snowy peak. He's in the, he's in the, um, and so it's, it's the interesting contrast between this youthful decadent, uh, and, and then the hermit, and so and I was thinking about that in terms of the per adoris is is the golden boy archetype versus the the senex, which is the old man archetype, 
and the dynamic between the two. And I was thinking of when I was in my 20s, I was looking for a teacher, a master. Uh, I was looking for the hermit, you know. Yeah. Uh, I went to different schools of 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 of, of, of Zen and, and and Hinduism and, and met met several several kind of teachers like that. And, yeah. And and I was also thinking that he's important now because because for because of this collapse because of this youth culture and, and pop culture and this collapse of all of, of of the of the male archetype of the gods of the yeah um, that's when he that's where he's he's sort of important and he's kind of a second father after you know after Nietzsche's you know fought God is God is dead God you know the the super ego god of the culture dies and then people are then then we have this 60s culture of, of radical experiment 60s and 70s or radical sort of love and lighty stuff which turns dark like zeppelin like which implodes in on itself and then and then then you're left with this hermit card this the guy with the lamp does that make any sense to you tom oh i mean yeah. we were talking about lynch and you know this is like the incorporation of the dark you know yeah. and the, the obscure Whereas, yeah. you know, Top Gun is all shiny and surface. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We go back and forth between, between that. Yeah. But so, um, so when you, you know, when you encounter a symbolism, like, like a tarot card, like, so how, how do you, how do you approach that? I mean, because there are like these, these mystical techniques where you go into, you know, you project yourself into the card and discover it from, within yeah. kind of way or do you have like a kind of a Wilberian I, 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 vision I, logic where you can how do you how do you approach a card to, to get a proper understanding well there's different techniques of contemplation right and and i i do those within my own you know vajrana tradition so so one of the one of the contemplations could be you you think about it intellectually like you meditate on something intellectually for, for a while and you write about it think about it And then after you, you you let the intellectual stuff go and you try to keep the image in your head and just allow association and then you dissolve the image again. So right. that's one way of doing it. Like you can, um, what you can do is you can look at the card and you can um, you could, you use, your, use your intellectual mind and discuss the meaning of all the symbols because they're very rich in symbolism. And then, and then after you let go of that and you allow the, the, uh, the feeling sense of the card and you try to stay with that you try to just visualize the the card um with without too much mentation right and then you, then the third step is that you dissolve that as well right that's one way you could work with the cards um you know i don't do that with the tarot because i i've already doing it with other things but i use the tarot kind of just like i just pick a card in the morning and, and you know for fun I, as a game actually the tarot deck was originally just the original card deck it was just a game right of course mm -hmm. uh originally it was a game and then it sort of became this esoteric thing more, more late, late 19th century i think that's how i understand it but um even though it, you know i think it comes from all the way back to it goes all the way back to egypt and Egyptian hermeticism yeah, you can you can mixed with Christian can, medieval symbolism and then no you can you take a normal uh, deck of cards like for playing whatever and mm. still use that as a tarot, a tarot deck because the coding is the same yeah there's similar coding that's right I'm not I don't know about the correspondences but but um, but but I think one thing that you know that is interesting is if people are not used to thinking symbolically in the culture like they don't know what the symbol of colors means or the symbol of a triangle versus a square versus a circle and what does yeah. that mean in symbolism people don't people don't think that way anymore right so it's also learning a kind of it's learning the language of symbolism is, is a bit like learning a language right what does the color gray mean you know it could mean um you know sort of uh, joy and happiness and, in between and, in between bardo's state yeah it could could mean you know what does the color red mean and you know, anyway was, things so and, and then all the forms and you know some of them some of them are human forms and non-human forms and, and what what do these what are these what do these forms mean and you can kind of enrich your imagination by working through these things i mean this is classical kabbalah isn't it so it, it, kabbalah is part of it as well yeah kabbalah and her so the, if you if you do like a proper proper you know uh, ritual from you know western esotericism you have like say you want to 
invoke like a, a god like her uh, like hermes or mercure and so yeah. they, they have all you know you 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 create a room uh, um, where the attributes are always like the same so you 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 have like paintings of gods that have like the same meaning and stones that reflect you know the number seven and flowers and and so everything you see reflects that one core idea yeah you know so you tune yourself into that kind of you know state of mind or whatever that is Hmm. yeah yeah i mean i'm not i'm not a western esoteric practitioner i'm i'm studying it a bit from the outside and comparing it to my my own system right because in my own system yes there's all kinds of things like that you make offerings of water and smoke and and uh, and do visualizations of certain deities that represent certain states um, called rasas, which are sort of primordial uh, feeling states. Yeah, um, comes from the Indian tradition, where in India there's these rasas, and they're 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 basically dances, different kinds yeah. of dances. So there's some of them are ferocious and wrathful, other of them are very peaceful and. And then, and then they're kind of they're they're like an archetypal palette, like a it's like a musical scale um, of emotions. And so, example for example, if you work with the red goddess, you're working with passion, energy. Love, you know, you're you're working with the passions. If you yeah. work with a black protector, you're 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 working with destroying. You know, the the excess and emptying out the. If you work, you know, there's there's if you work with white, you're white. The white goddess, you're working with, um, you're working with, uh, you, you know, healing, all kinds of things like that. that. But that's that's the tantric Eastern traditions, and and so I'm going over, I'm going back to Hermeticism and the Tarot and and, um, uh, and to to look to just compare them and, and just so I it actually helps me enrich the practices that I that I'm doing. So. Right. No, what I you know what I really like is that. You know, to to go back to this, that you know, Lynch is deeply in, in in you know involved with transcendental meditation, and so mm-hmm. you know he you know he he I, he must have an access to that kind of that part of existence where whereas you know, well he says that, and that, of course that makes his films uh, the, the the layer of cliche is is not is not there because he's gone deep into himself probably you know. Right. I'd say that that he's. Whereas, if you're if you're if you're just a technical director, you know you can put on a, a great film, uh, but but it's still kind of it's not the same thing as as uh, as if as as a David Lynch film where you, where where you've where you've kind of t- t- torn off all those veils and yeah yeah exactly you're in the mm-hmm. pure you're in this pure dream realm super interesting to me you know to, to to you know that's what i find so interesting in art forms generally you know if if they can find a way to uh, bring this all into being you know the the known and the unknown the sacred and the profane yeah uh, the the you know the occult let's say uh, chaos and order mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean like yeah. even mm-hmm. and i guess i was thinking what is the ma- what is magic um, and, and the hangman is kind of that's a symbol of turning the world upside down, right? Uh, and, and 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 which means, which means, going becoming transrational, having experiences that are not part of, you know, our or linear or automatic narrative, right? Um, so 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 that's what I think that's what an artist does. He turns things upside down. So that we can see things, you know, we can see, we can see, the, we can see through the um, the symbol. Like the symbol is not supposed to represent something in itself. You're not like the symbol is is dynamic. The symbol is not a, a platonic ideal form. Right. The symbol is a is a is a dynamic, transparent, translucent um, um, portal, which which allows one to access another dimension of of the real. Of course, yeah. Yeah. No, it's like uh, you know, it's like I, in my understanding, magic always you know negotiates you know your your relationship with the world and the future, and you do that with a, with a symbol. But the symbol is always half known, 
and half, half the unknown. The symbol is always half known. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and it's half yeah. unknown. And that's so, why it's arcane. That's what the word arcane means. It's like there's something to be revealed in that symbol. You can never, you can never fully capture it. Right. But, you know, but because of this duality, you, and, and I found this phrasing of, of uh, Timothy Vermoyen from Metamodernism, I found so interesting, you know, it has nothing to do with, you know, with, with magic, but in his, his understanding of Metamodernism is that we can give reality a bend. And I, I find that, you know, that phrasing, because, you know, you know, you, because of course we do that, you know, if you go to school and then you go, you know, for 13 years or how, or how long, and then you do that, you know, to give the reality like a kind of bend, you know, to have a better future or have kids or whatever. And so we always know a, a little bit about how we can give reality a bend, but not completely, because there's always chaos and there will always happening something, you know, that. Uh, you know, uh, surprises us or devastates us or is not expected. But you know, at, at least we can uh, we can try to to give reality a little bend. Yeah. You know, and I find that there's two things. There's giving reality a bend, and there's also revealing a, a part of reality that we didn't see before. So so we might be shifting reality a bit. Like we might be playing with reality, which can be extremely dangerous, obviously. But then there's then there's like what is already inherent in the present moment in reality that, that that could be a sign leading us in a certain kind of direction. Yeah, like well, we're not we're not we're not predicting the future, so to speak. We're we're more like we're we're lining up the elements uh, in a certain direction. That's how I see it. Yeah, like, or, or like mm -hmm. like we can't know the future, or we can't we can't like we're just we're just. Yeah, we're just we're just we're just playing with 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 the elements of the present. Yeah, I would say I, I would in, in this case I would like use a, an integral approach to this, you know, that we are regarding the future, that we we at the same time revealing the future, creating the future, and predicting the future all at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know? It's, mm -hmm. um, th um, and yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah, I you know, it's like I, I don't want as Bart say to be like a like to be a Platonist that says, okay, we have to reveal something that is already there, you know, but um, because we're creating this through the art of prediction. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah, okay. So it's through not the art of, Through the art of prediction. Yeah, we're, we're, you're creating a pro, you're, you're being involved in the process. The process is going from the past to the future. It's not, um, it's not static. No, exactly. And yeah. so, and so, magic is always about this no negotiation and this kind of uh, thing about you know what kind of because the thing that if you if you like do a ritual, let's say for Demeter or something, you know, it's like you do that because you want to have a certain future, you know, you want a better crop or you know you want yeah. So yeah. It's, it's like every ritual is basically like a, a negotiation with the future and and. Uh, in order to do that, the, the, the more precise or clear the symbol is, and on the one side, you know, half a half known, half unknown symbol, and then on the other side, if the sacrifice is right, because you have to, you know, that's, well, that's the what the future is, is negotiating a sacrifice. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because if you, you want this future, you need to make this, you need to sacrifice this, your, your attention to this, um, your energetic attention to this mode. Right. And so you have to you have to sacrifice all other possible futures, which yeah. you can which you can also uh, concretize in a, in a symbol, you know, and so you, you let you, you approach like the battle with chaos, you approach like one one future and you let go of all the others. And yeah. only if, if that sacrifice is kind of honest and true, then you know, then the chances go up that you can actually give reality a kind of bend. Yeah. You know? But well, I, I, again, I was thinking about this hanged man symbol in the tarot. Right. It's, it's turning things upside down. And uh, in a way, it represents sacrifice because he's on a tree. It's almost, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like a, it, it's like a, he's, he's like a crucifix. So there's a sacrifice there. But at the same time, um, uh, he, he's giving up his like because he's upside down and he's, his feet are not touching his earth or feet are in, in the air so he's reversing gravity right um in the sense so he's it's an upward gravity instead of a downward gravity because he has absolutely no uh, he's lost his uh because he's hanging from a tree he has no 
He's in, but he's in the in between worlds, right? Right. Mm-hmm. He's in the he's the he's the guy. In, it's the perfect symbol for everything that all these people are like Zach are talking about the the the, the between worlds person. Right. And that's when you know he, he has no chance to influence the future uh, or anything. He's he's completely on one sense. He's he's in terms of fate. He's completely helpless. But on the other hand, he's making the major transformation, which takes him out of causation. Right. Does that make it's any sense? Completely, because there's like, and, and you, you certainly know this, because there's like, within magic, there's like this eternal law that if you, you know, you go at it about, you know, you want some money or you want this or this, that never works. Yeah, Be- no, because, never works. because you're still in that realm of causality that you're, you're not in between. You have not given up your, because, you know, the hangman is about the, um, you know, the let go of the ego also yeah right and so yeah uh, magic that only works if you're not attached to to that what is going on you know mm-hmm. uh, to the uh, outcome yeah yeah mm-hmm. to the outcome and yeah, exactly. and and so that you know you can't approach magic from an egoic viewpoint you need that post-egoic but, but uh, maybe that's the difference between let's say uh, I, I guess i mean there are certain haitian you know uh groups where they actually they they put curses on people you know and they turn them into zombies and and things like that it's kind of black magic right because it is egoic it is it is it's about it's about getting something it's for 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 your tribe or or for, for for you and it's about destroying your enemy and and uh and um almost that's the most primitive uh primitive form right you know, so there is you have to see the difference between the black magic and then like transcendental magic or good magic, or I don't want to be too good and bad about it, but I don't want to be too um, like, it's not moralistic. It's just physics, right? No, no, but I, I get exactly. Yeah. But you know, um, I get what you're saying. And I think we're doing this all the time on a subconscious yeah. level. It's like, think about what we're doing with parallax, you know, yeah. it's just, all of it is just words, you know? And so if you think about it, yeah. You know, it's just like we're talking and we're putting words on, on things and we're creating this thing at the same time it wants to be created. So we're pushing it not too far. We, we want to be engaged, but it's like we, we don't yeah. need to be. And so yeah. this thing comes into being. Or we want to be engaged and, with and, and integ- integrity, like, right? We want yeah, to be and it's engaged. like a hypnosis that we're yeah. doing, like with language. And so we're like putting a good spell on it while we're doing it you, you know what i'm saying and yeah, so yeah well i mean that's what we're doing we are doing magic i mean that's the interesting thing it's like um magic is supposed to be like some hocus pocus thing but but it's it's when it's it's, it's the use of symbols to to affect re- reality right right and, and 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 of course you say we're just using words but words are symbols and and you know exactly so we're using we're using symbol we're symbol to to affect reality and we're also trying to be engaged in, 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 um, you know, what we consider to be true and, 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 and good and, and beautiful, you know, not to, again, I'm being, I'm being too platonic for the, the bard people out there, but we're engaged in, 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 um, in, in trying to, in integrity, right. Try to be integrity with chaos, something right. like that. Right. Yeah, but we can't don't... we can't control the thing we can't control the whole thing we can sort of uh, we can we can we can get signs here and there about which direction to go and and follow let's say the is is it a moment to follow the hangman where we have to turn everything upside down and try something new or is it a moment to um to to retract a bit and that would be the hermit card you know where right. we, we have to retract and, and and go into solitude and think about what we're doing or is it a moment to uh to be the you know to conquer to be the emperor um you know these are all the archetypes in, in the tarot which are right and so you know it's like you know i think people people or we we as a people we we don't take this uh not not serious enough because imagine like the void yes right and then suddenly symbols pop up let's say the store emerge parallax all these things, yeah. you know, the, uh, that appearing as with within a with a within a group that say the liminal web, and it's like, on, and all of this is just the result of a, a creative way of using words, 
And so mm -hmm. we have, and, and so what we're doing is we cr create a meta way of describing world through these kinds of mediums and symbols. Mm -hmm. And so this is like, this is the, 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 it seems trivial, but only if you don't look at what's really happening that you can, you know, if you use words wisely and symbols, you know, and if you don't, if you, if you do that in, in the proper way, then you can, you know, Give the reality a bend, and that's the fun. Give the reality a bend uh, in the direction of something authentic, instead of, uh, let's say, something mechanical and exploitative and, and dull. And I'm just thinking. I was just thinking about the sacred profane right business that we were talking about. Uh, I think that the sacred, yeah, there, there has to be a sacred space to do our profane business. But if it's all profane, then it's just empty, right? right? I guess if it's but if it's all just sacred, then you're just always the hangman. You're always upside down. You never, you never, you never have any kind of skillful means to get into the world, right? So, so we have to, we have to, we have to balance these two things. Keep what is sacred, sacred to us, and that's you know that's why that's what you do. That's what magic is. It's 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 kind of guarding the sacred. I think, or it's yeah. Like, aligning with the sacred um and then and then then being able to um yeah then be then be able to sell it you know or or or, or, or you know do the profane thing you have to do in order to have a good life yeah i mean like let's let's you know just correlate that with you know we we're talking about movies and so you have like an yeah, utterly profane an utterly profane movie let's say like top gun it's a great movie yeah. But there's nothing left to explain. It's all there on the surface and yes. all, all that works. But if you compare that with, let's say, um, Twin Peaks or Firewalk with me or Lost Highway, you don't actually know what the symbol is about because even Lynch himself declines to in interpret uh, his movies or say this is like about this or that means that. So you, well, what you're that, confronting... That's why it's it, it remains arcane to us. Yeah, like it, exactly. there's something hidden occult in there that we can go back to and find something new uh, later. And, and this, this is sometimes deeply frightening because we are, as humans, we're striving for meaning. But then yeah. you have an artwork from Lynch and you're confronted with the, with the obscurity and the occult in a way because you can't, it's opaque. You can't, you can't grasp it completely. You can't reify some kind of meaning and say, oh, yeah, this is how I'm going to live my life now. I'm going to clean my room in the Jordan Peterson style. And, you know, you can't you can't create. Yeah, you can't create a morality out of it or a moral story or, or you know, or even. But but what it gives you is it gives you a deepening um, perception. Yeah, because like if, if, if you would allow me, but if you have a movie like Lost Highway, um, every interpretation that you can think of of that movie he negates it in the movie yeah and and that's the interesting thing like in, in any way which possible you try to make sense of that thing it doesn't you know yeah. and so and so you know um well and, poetry and can like, never really good poetry can never be explicit it always has to be a finger pointing to the moon or a finger pointing to something else or a finger pointing to something mysterious right yeah um if it's if it's too explicit it's just formula. I mean, and give me. Let me give you an example. So, in, uh, you know, you know the movie Lost Highway, or you don't? I'm not sure if I know that. That's the, I think maybe the one of his movies that I I haven't seen. Believe it or oh, not. All right. I've okay. Seen, so I've that, seen that, almost that, all the other ones, but I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah. yeah well, it's fucking frightening. So, but you yeah. know, I I mean, just look at it. It's a beautiful. It's one of my favorite movies. It's fantastic. Uh -huh. um, it doesn't make sense if you don't know the movie. Just w look, uh, watch it. Uh, you will you will like it. It's amazing. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Well, I mean, I like I like I like some of the, the Werner Herzog movies. They're not always mm. good. They're kind of good and bad, especially his documentaries. And I like the way he does documentaries as fiction. And then his fiction, he says his documentaries are more fictional than his uh, than his actual movies. Yeah. But when I when I watch one of his films, I feel kind of nourished after watching it. I feel like I've I feel like I've had an, a nourishing experience. Well, yeah, that's true. 
I don't feel like if I watch uh, a Lynch film, I feel like I've been torn to shreds and I have, right, to, exactly. I have, to, I have like sew my arm back on or something, <laughs> you know, I feel like I've been just, I've been, I've been hurt. I've been wounded. Yeah. Um, same with Lars von Trier. But if I watch uh, Werner Herzog, I, I feel like, oh, he's giving me like this nourishing experience that isn't cliche or, or um, uh, I think he's, he's kind of got maybe to the next level. He might not be as good a filmmaker as, as Lynch or, 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 but he, but he's, he's gotten to a level of, of sort of where his films are nourishing when you watch them, they, they, Interesting. they, give, they give you nutrition. Yeah. Like a normal film, if you watch Top Gun, right. Okay. That's like, okay. That it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, fucking or something, you know, it's just a big erection and then it's over. And then you're like, fuck, you're the guy like, yeah. It's exactly. Kind of like, exactly. Your mind yeah, yeah, is yeah. like your mind is like a, a noodle after that, right? It doesn't doesn't give you anything, but now, it gives you, you, it gives you a, the home. It gives you. A, it gives you. It's like it? it's like jerking off most movies, do right? You see so just, now the homoerotic aspect of that movie. Yes, it's sort of like <laughs> <laughs> maybe, but I haven't seen it yet. But I'll, I'll let you know. But <laughs> but but it, but yeah, most movies are sort of like jerking off in the dark. You know, they're just right. like they don't really give you that much. They're just kind of a distraction. Yeah, and then there's other movies that are destroy you like lynch and then there's other movies that feed you a kind of vision which is like yeah herzog is one one guy who does that for me anyway it's true no no it's a good comparison really mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i don't know it's um i don't know it's i, I like that when you know what i think what when a herzog does he has like a kind of integral i don't mean this in a barbarian sense but you know this kind of all-encompassing kind of way of approaching a topic you know and he doesn't yeah. leave anything out and so he paints like this broad pictures that you know create meaning uh that are not really you know uh, explain uh, create a meaning that's not really explainable through its elements but only through the whole you know what i mean mm -hmm. and so maybe because he balances narrative with image like he he does he's a poet as well so he he Whereas Lynch is all image in some way. He's also, I guess he, he also has, there's also dialogue and stuff, but yeah. Herzog is sort of more of a preacher or something. He's like yeah. telling us, telling a narrative, telling a story. And so have you read the new piece of uh, uh, Jonathan Rosen about from Emerge from, you know, and now uh, where you know uh, who, uh, who we are, what what uh, are we supposed to do? Something like that, the title. No, so. not yet. No, not yet. I will because... And find of Jonathan. What what does he say? No, but no, he asked the question. So now, after we understood the uh, understand what now that we are understanding the terrain that we're in, like in between worlds, and and all of that. So what are we going to do? You know, and and he points to a certain conundrum here because you know we are in in in, in this kind of loop. You know, we're describing and describing, describing. Um, but in my opinion, the, the thing that we can do is to do some magic and to do some art more, you know, more than anything else. Because how do you want to translate, uh, you know, the, 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 you know the, the, the present into a better future, if not through the use of art and symbols and that. And so to leave that kind of yeah. uh, descriptive realm. Which is again, which is the hangman, the in-between man. He's hanging. He's yeah. hanging. That's he's not. He doesn't have a program. He doesn't have a five-year plan. Right. He has no, in a way, no future. He's, but he's, he's, he's has a big smile on his face and he has a halo, even though he's hanging upside down in the air. Yeah. Um, so I guess he's in the present moment. Yeah. And I guess the artist has to be has. Well, I, I, I like what McLuhan says. The artist is kind of. He, he's the one who can be in the present moment and that's that's how we can see the future exactly yes so he's seeing the you know he's he's sort of he doesn't he doesn't try to be in the future he doesn't have a intense nostalgia for the past um but he can use the past and and uh, be in the present and and um, give birth to the future through through sort of because because the artist is always ahead of himself right right the artist doesn't really know what he's saying when he's saying it. Right. Um, and that's what, that's why he said, like what inspires probably David Lynch is not, Oh, I have an idea. It's more like I have a non idea. It's more like right. I have, to, I have a, a, a big opening gap of unknown. Right. 
Okay, so 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 one 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 last um, puzzle piece I want to bring in into this conversation because I don't know if you know uh, Christopher Ryan. He wrote like two books: "Civilized to Death" and and uh, "Sex at Dawn." He's you were talking about him, but I've he's never fantastic. Read him. I I did an interview with him once, and so he he just tweeted. He he wrote a Substack about him watching the Beatles and, uh, documentary. Yeah. And so he, his, he was a little late to the party, but nevertheless, very interesting thoughts. And what he said was, okay, so what's interesting, so you have like, it's so profane, you know, uh, yeah. what they're doing. It seems so profane, but then you have like these glimpses of genius. Okay, so now we, we all knew that when we saw that, but- It's the but, upside down world again. Yeah, yeah. but so, so the interesting thing that he said is like that it appeared to him that they don't even knew at that point when they were creating if that what they were doing what was good or not and so they would like create like let it be like an eternal hymn of sacredness and yeah. then at the same time in the same session they weren't they sure if it was shit know, they, or not no yeah. they were creating like maxwell silver hammers which was an absolute clunker but they didn't seem to care and they would treat both songs in the same way, because in their understanding 50 years back, they didn't see like, okay, this was like the one of the best songs ever made. And this was a throwaway song, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they, yeah. they didn't have an understanding where they, where they were in, you know, in the continuum of, of all things. They were just mm -hmm. creating and throwing these things out into the future. It's like what you just said. Oh, we never know. Yeah. And so I, th I don't think the artist ever knows what the hit is, you know? Um, he, 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 in fact, it might be the, his most throwaway song might be the hit. I think the song Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones was the same thing. It's like, what is this song? It's okay. It's like, no big, you know, they didn't have any idea that that would be their biggest hit. Yeah, but that what, will, yeah, 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 sure. I, I think they're always accidental and they always come from the unknown. And yeah, but Maxwell Silver Hammer is They're always a sort of uh, mistake. Yeah, but Maxwell Silver Hammer is a very bad song. Yeah. You know? But they didn't care, and that's the point. Yeah. So yeah, they, they, I mean, they weren't. Um, they they weren't in the good bad realm. They were just they were just finding out what what works to, and what not exactly. What seemed to work for them. Uh -huh. So and that's so interesting because that's what you're saying. So you have. But they to... probably they need a Maxwell Silverhammer to have a, a. You need see you need the Maxwell you need the clunker to have the the, the great song. Right. You can't have the great song unless you've gone through the clunker. <laughs> well, that's true also, yes. You also ha you have to make lots of mistakes. You have to, you have to, what, I mean, what is interesting about that documentary is how they just like to fool around and that's how they did their art. Just yeah. total play, total experiment, total play, total nonsense, total, you know, uh, the, 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 the seriousness, it was never, was never serious, serious. It was always, there was always a, an ironic quality to it. So they, they had this um, full-on play going on, and then by accident they create, let it, you know, a masterpiece. Yeah, and that's how it always works. I think. Yeah. So what does it mean? More clunkers? Yeah, yeah. Like what we're doing now, you know, half of our podcasts maybe are clunkers, even though we have like ten thousand views each time. No, no, it's sixteen thousand now. Sixteen thousand. So, but it go, um, no, it goes straight up. That's every once in a while we get, you know, we get a, we get, you know, we're going to get a, a million views and that, you know, and then oh, no, we will. That will you make know, that's the symbol what it is, you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay, so so you're out for two weeks now, Andrew. Yeah, and... I'm, 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 I'm off for two weeks and uh, yeah, I'll see you in the beginning of July. Okay, I can see if I can bring somebody else in, you know, to yeah yeah continue uh this genius somebody from the gang <laughs> <laughs> yes okay andrew nice one cool okay you gonna stop recording